0: Welcome to the Holding Time Podcast. Here we discuss breastfeeding in all its complexity, the ups and downs, the challenges, the triumphs. Whether you're expectant, a new mother, or simply interested, I hope you'll appreciate the incredible warrior women who are featured in this series. It's hard, isn't it, because it's he's, and he's hard for his birthday to July, so he starts school next September. And society's not quite ready for that yet, I don't think. <laughs> so, um, I, need, I need to really help him on his way by there. And then baby was born. Um I, well, we were in hospital for a, for a whole week because he was being treated for sepsis. I hadn't really thought about, I'd sorted I'd out, you know, he was going to be with my sister for two, two nights. And he was happy with that, and obviously you know he, he goes to school, you know preschool, and he's he doesn't have milk during the day or anything like that. So he was happy to come to sleepover with his cousins and everything while I had baby. But I hadn't fa- you know factored in what would happen if we stayed longer than that, and it was really awful because of like obviously the COVID restrictions. Uh He couldn't come in to see me. I oh, no. couldn't go to see him, and then I was. It, and obviously, like your hormones kicking in as well. i was thinking, oh, I hadn't even thought this. The it's kind of forcing an end, um, which is what I didn't want to happen. And I think at that point, I was sad for him. But I was also really sad for me because I felt that I wasn't ready, which is really funny because I, I, I never wanted to breastfeed. But so I, I actually felt really sad, and I was really teary to the staff. And in the end, he, I, I went and saw him in the little garden area. They they looked after the baby for me. And he didn't even mention it, and it made it even worse. And I was like, oh, no. But then when we got home, and we got in the house, and obviously, like, baby started feeding. And he was like, can I have some? And I was like, yeah, you can. So, and that's where the tandem started, really. But um, I, when I was writing that little creative writing piece, and I've actually got it on video. Um, so I wanted, like, pictures of them, you know, their first tandem feeds. I was oh, how lovely is that going to be? And the baby stopped feeding, and he looked at him. And um, my I was just looking eat your booby. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> it like, eat your greens. Yeah, basically. It was like, don't mess about, elves. eat your booby. <laughs> <That's laughs> so, amazing. I always say to people, I mean, I was, I was very much, you know, that I wasn't going to, oh, I was doing it to get people off in case. You know, when they were all like, oh, breastfeeding, this, breastfeeding, I was like, oh, whatever. Is that the midwife. Yeah, you know, just it just kind of feels that I, th- I think because I work, I'm a nurse myself. I know, you know, you, you, you promote promoting best practice, but you know, I was like, just I'll do it, I'll give it a go, and it, it, it was so hard to begin with. It really was. So I did the normal, you know, I'll I'll do it for a little bit, um, I'll do it a little bit longer, I'll do it till six months, I'll do it till I go back to work um and here i am three and a half years later feeding two i don't entirely know how to parent without boob i take my hat off to people but the bottle fees i'm not organized enough to do so and and when he's having like a tantrum on the floor in the middle of somewhere that's what i go to that's my go-to parenting tools because it, it it works it settles him down it brings him back you had a bereavement in the early days of breastfeeding. I did, yeah, yeah. Um yeah. my mum my mom had um she's had cancer for two and a half years, um but, Well it sounds really strange to say that it wasn't expected that she was gonna die, but it wasn't at that point. Mm. Um she was quite well, um but she developed abdominal sepsis basically. Four weeks after I had my first um she was in hospital and then she was on a syringe driver and then she was unconscious and we brought her home. Um so we had six, six days of her at home where she wasn't really responsive, um, which was really hard because it was like groundhog day every day. You knew it was going to happen, but it just, you just didn't know when. We I mean, were, we're all healthcare professionals. So we all kind of like, you get off each morning and it was lovely that she was still there, but on the flip side, it wasn't, it was, it, it mm. was, I'm going through this grief every day. We know it's going to yeah. happen. And feeding throughout that, I really struggled with it um, because I felt, I had a little person that kept shouting and screaming at me and I wanted to be with my mum. I felt so torn between the two and I was in, I had, massive anxiety at the time and everything just feels, When I look back now, everything just feels really kind of dreamlike, I'm not entirely sure how we got through that, it was not a great time Um I struggled when, when she was in the hospital, you know, um, because I couldn't understand what they were talking about, and he said, I'm a nurse, I'm, I'm a senior nurse, I was I didn't know what was going on. I couldn't have the conversation. Like, two years later, I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't ask that. should have asked this. should have asked that. But at the time, you're just so in a bubble. Mm-hmm. You said that that keeping breastfeeding made you, you wanted to keep breastfeeding after that, because it kind I of made like it worthwhile that you had done it. Yeah, I felt like she too, that if I didn't, then what was all that for? Why didn't I just spend the time with my mum? So I kind of felt that I would have done it a kind of bit of a disservice. I wouldn't have done You know, looking back now, But at the time, I felt it would have been a bit of a disservice to her that, like, I separated my time between her and baby and then gone, oh, do you know what, I'm not going to do that now. That did kind of, like, spur me on to get through the next few months, really, or the next few weeks, definitely. You know, everyone always says, oh, when does it start, stop it? And when does, you know, it get bit easier? I actually remember it getting easier. And it was at week nine. And I don't even know what happened. I just remember it being that point where it just seemed different. It just seemed mm. like it all kind of fitted together a little bit more. The pain had stopped. So it was we had a little bit of a routine, as much as you ever do. We'd adjusted to each other. We had, Obviously, funeral and stuff like that was all out of the way as well, and it was just kind of me and me and him. That's it. We're going for it. But it, it noticeably changed in those early days when you're worrying, you know, are the are the fees and the, i I had no idea. I was just kind of like winging it, and I think that's why I got so confused of, over everything. And then people were like, oh, he, he lost like eleven percent weight. Me first. Um they were like, right, you need to look at doing top ups, you need to do this, you need to do and I'm like, I don't even I don't know what any of this means at all and a, a part of it was definitely because I was in a massive heightened state of like hormones and anxiety and, and I didn't have a clue. But I just don't think anything was explained wonderfully either, to be honest. I don't know what a top up is and I was doing it like one way and they're like, no, you're not meant to do it that way, you're meant to do it this way. And I was like, oh, I don't know. That was really confusing time, I think. Um it took yeah. the, the local breastfeeding support to come out for anything to actually make any sense at all. And they were, they were absolutely fantastic. I, I still credit <laughs> my breastfeeding down to this one woman that came out and she, she's fabulous. And if you speak to anybody locally, they will tell you exactly the same, it's always the same person. <laughs> and who is that? Sarah Atherton with Koala Northwest. Yeah. I mean, very much. she's coming to my house and I'm like in flux of tears. I don't know what's happening. And like, she's, she's just so normal, like a relative maybe or like a friend or something. That, and I think that's made such a difference. And that's, I suppose, what we don't have necessarily in in this country in terms of support is it if it's not it's not overtly the norm to breastfeed as it might be somewhere else and that family support that friend support might not be available to her but that's what she felt like to me like she like like right, we're going to sort you out now let's do this i'm very kind of it's all okay it's all good she's i mean i put it in some things but I, I laugh bad you know she's lying on the floor showing the side breastfeeding no, you don't get my wife turning up to your house doing that, right? So, like, okay, what you want to do is this, 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 she's, she's a fabulous woman. She was the one I and I'd say her in particular, because it was the, I could send, you know, I could talk to her, I'd go in say, look at this picture of his nappy, what's this about? She's like, do you know what, my phone is full of pictures of nappies. Because people are just send poo pictures to us. This normal. Is this normal. And that's you know, and that's what the beauty of those little groups were. But you know, you don't go around to your friends and say, "Look, this child's nappy. Does that look normal? These breastfeeding the support groups, That was the norm. You could have those conversations." And um, it's brilliant. But, you know, she single-handedly, I would say, is, is at that time those early weeks, and then followed up after a month. They, they were really great. To be honest, we'll keep in touch or it, and they're like, "Just do what you need to do." Give us a call when you know, you know, everything's a bit more kind of settled. But if she hadn't come around that day, I was, I was just so distraught with it all and felt so kind of like, I did feel quite, I don't like to use it, but I did feel quite useless at that point. I didn't know, I'm just put this child to me. I've got no idea what it's doing, no idea if it's doing anything. I feel like I'm just kind of felt like a bit of a fraud more than anything. So I do kind of single handedly credit her with my continuation of my journey in those early days. And I think once you get over that bar- barrier, it is that little bit easier. I know I found since my eldest has got older and my anxiety's not there and I dressed it basically in the end. This one has been an absolutely different experience. And I've loved every minute of it. And again, I, I got that guilt that I didn't have that with my first. It was like, come on, let's. I'll do it. But I'm not enjoying it as such. Um, not till the later stages of it anyway. Whereas with this one, I'm, I'm just... It feels lovely to be able to do that. And it still feels lovely breastfeeding my older one, to be honest. But... It's just an absolute experience that I I missed out on because of my own anxieties, my own thoughts, and everything else that was going on at the time. So it's 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 almost like a little second chance to to do it again, whilst having that experience and knowing that that's okay, that's normal. And there's a lot to be said for that. It it really makes you feel a lot more settled because you've you've done it before and he's fine everything's everything's good thanks for listening and thanks to everyone involved our funders Cheshire and Merseyside Women's Health and Maternity Programme Arts Council England Lottery Awards for their support along with all the amazing mothers and partners who have helped to make this project happen you can find out more about the project by visiting holdingtime.org